Whether your business is small or large, your ambitions for it are always big. And at Santander, so are ours. That's why we've been awarded Business Bank of the Year for four years running. Because no matter what size your business, we have dedicated local business relationship managers who will help you along the way. So with us in your corner, the sky's the limit. Visit santanderbusiness.co.uk to find out more. Here to help your business prosper. Santander. Business Money Facts Award 2015 to 2018. Hello and welcome to the AFA Gaming Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the medium of video games and the animation that brings them to life. Hey, you guys, my name is Rachel and I'm going to be hosting today's episode as we do a little bit of a E3 roundtable. Now, um, bear in mind myself and my good friend Chris here, who has joined me today for this episode. Say hey, Chris. Hello. <laughs> Good to have you. Uh, we've really, I'm really excited to talk about some of these video games that have uh, been uh, dropping, at least some gaming news that has come out of Re3, but I do want to mention that, as I said, no, I've actually never been, and I really hope I do one day, one day get to go, but um, as of now, we can only look from afar at the lucky sons of guns who have had the opportunity to go and talk about the games that have been um, on display there, that have been premiering new trailers and all that stuff, so we just thought it might be fun to if you follow this podcast to just kind of, if you've been hearing about what's going on, we just want to, you know, give our, share our opinions on certain games that we are very, very excited for. And some new stuff that we didn't know was coming, but we're, it was announced at E3 and we're, we're intrigued, but maybe a little, you know, still waiting to see a little bit more gameplay content. Cause I, while I do understand that there was a good deal of uh, demos on the show floor, um, there is still a bit of, you know, seeing more cinematics and trailers than actual gameplay for certain games. So it's like, it's, well, those are pretty and those are exciting. You want to know exactly what a game is going to look like before you get your hands on it. So, I mean, that, at least that's just my opinion. It, it's you, a, yeah. It's a sensible opinion. Because <laughs> games are, let's be honest, they're not cheap. So you They wanna, are certainly not. It'll, you want to be making sure that you're getting a good one. Mm-hmm. But, but obviously, yeah, some of those uh, cinematic trailers and everything. We are we are an animation website. Let us not forget. But uh, yep, so, oh, yep. so we obviously enjoy and are impressed by a lot of the trailers. But if if there's no game at the end of it, then <laughs> well, yeah, because that's that's the important part. Like, I mean, cinematics and presentation are very important when it comes to at least drawing in an audience for a video game for a particular uh, new property or, you know, story or scenario, but it's really how you translate that from the visual design of the cinematic into the visual design in the actual experience that really on the seamlessness, a transition between one versus the other that really holds, like, I think a lot of stronger games have a, found a way to do that. And I know, I believe um, one such studio that I know you and I are both personally very fond of that has found a way to do that very well is Naughty Dog. And we'll use that as our very first segue into our first game to talk about, 
if you if you would like to, or did you have anything any other particular games you'd like to discuss first that you uh, saw at a three E three this year? Yeah, we might as well start with with uh, the Naughty Dog game, seeing as you brought it up. Well, it's a good place yeah, to sure, start. Sure. I was like, I want, to make, I want to make sure. It's a good, good enough, good. It's as good a place to start as any. Yeah. And that is, of course, the Last of Us mm-hmm. Part Two. Yeah, I recall seeing a teaser or promo that this game was coming. I think it was at last year's E3, um, mm-hmm. and people just went nuts because of the fact that you know the Last of Us was is such a popular game or just a very well received game and I will admit I'm not very I've never really been into the whole like zombie apocalypse types of scenario but I did like from what I saw you know let's plays and even a few couple minutes of my own experience like playing a bit of the game at a friend's house that there is a lot of like Naughty Dog's best work in this particular franchise just like the Uncharted series so and I have to say I'm with what they've shown us in terms of both the cinematic presentation and the uh, gameplay, because um, this year's trailer was accompanied by some actual gameplay going on. It looks it looks like a strong Naughty Dog entry. Mm-hmm. I've I have uh, spent some time with the first game. It's it's very good. It's, it's quite it's quite unnerving in places when you get attacked by. Uh, I I think they're technically some sort of plant. Uh, yeah, like some yeah. kind of like mold. Yeah, like parasitic mold. Yeah, rather than zombies, they're some sort. Yeah, they're, they're angry plants. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and like the the um, like the world and everything that's created in the game, all the like um, ain't basically like all the cities reclaimed by nature and things like that. It was all very impressive created. Mm-hmm. It's just like. It's almost like you know, just like being in a in a sci-fi movie. That's really good. Uh, <laughs> um, but well, I suppose it's sci-fi slash horror slash. Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of horror elements in there because there's still the idea of that if you get by these things and if you you know any a, like prolonged exposure will basically make these spores rot out your brain from the inside and do ba- very nasty things, but ironically at least if you've played the first game you'll know this there is one person that is seems to be immune from this particular effect and that is our leading lady for this game and ellie and i'm just i'm really super excited to see that her be the the main character this time as opposed to a like a side character yeah in the first game you were a bearded man called joel i think I think he was correct. Yeah, Joel. Joel. Yep. Joel, voiced by Troy Baker. God bless uh, him. <laughs> and uh, like Ellie was a character who was very important in the game. But um, I'm trying. It's a lot, quite a while since I played it. To be honest, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she sort of. Uh, you meet up with her, and she follows, she follows you around and stuff, and sort of a um, non-player character. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've be, I've been I. Because they done the PlayStation Four remake, haven't they? They did. Yeah, they originally came out for the PlayStation Three and like late in its lifespan, and then they remastered it for the PlayStation Four. Because uh, people, I know people sometimes people get annoyed by uh, eight, like uh, remakes from generation to generation, <laughs> but I'm I'm down with them because like if if you missed them the first time, 
<laughs> it's a great way. Or even if you like, because I, I, I have the first one on PlayStation 3, but I haven't played it in ages and I, I am bad at games, so I got stuck. Uh, but um, since I have embraced like using guides and stuff to get past bits, <laughs> yes. I, was like, I was like, oh, wait, hang on, I might actually see more of games if I do this. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been thinking I, I would like to get um, the remastered version at some point because I love Naughty Dog games. Uh, you've heard, if you've listened to me on this uh, games podcast before, I've waxed lyrical about the Uncharted games and and uh, yeah, and we will do an episode on those. I'm sure in the very in the in the near future, at least sometime, sometime in the future, because it's like I, I've, it's a game series that I've really enjoyed watching. I haven't really had a chance to play too many other than like the first couple. Um, but I really like. I especially want to play um, after we spoke about it in our last uh, roundtable discussion. The um, the latest Uncharted, where we have um, where Clo- the leading ladies Chloe. Um, and you know, going around India, and that 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 just seems like a fun, like almost Indiana Jones kind of just like like game and story. And I really want to be involved in that. So uh, maybe at some point we'll do that. But in terms of just talking about The Last of Us here, um, yeah, I'm really glad that Ellie's the primary character. And something that really surprised me in the um, the trailer that we saw is that we have this you know really nice introduction, um, but the, uh, kind of like a counterpoint presentation in terms of like the really nice cinematic scene where everyone's happy and dancing like you really could you almost forget that there is like a the world is kind of like re- had well, pressed the reset button with this whole like plant and zombie apocalypse thing going on but then you still have then in the middle the, the meat of the trailer is um you see ellie in action like going around to you know fighting these different i don't i can't tell if they're like scavengers or like, you know, other just other groups of people who are just out trying to survive as well. Yeah, well it, it's definitely people rather than. Yeah, that's that's something that really intrigued me—the fact that we're we did not see any of these plant zombies. I mean, I'm sure they're in here, but mm. the whole focus of the trailer is seeing Ellie going around and hunt, you know, basically hunting these people or like fighting them to survive, and it's it's intense. Of course, people might be listening to this saying, uh, don't you know that at the end of the game, all the plot zombies died at the end of game one? Because we haven't seen I it. I forgot! So we don't know. <laughs> we haven't seen the end. So sorry. And it's, it, I was also thinking, uh, does, have we just discovered something happens to Joel at the end of the game? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, no. I really hope not, because I would like to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's set, it's obviously set, uh, a few years after the first game because Ellie's grown up because she yeah, was she's like, a big girl. She was a young teenager in the first game. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously uh, there's been a, a point of discussion over the new trailer in something that happens in it that's not related to. Yeah. It. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so supposedly if there's like a down, they say like a DLC thing. Uh, mm-hmm. called, oh, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. Uh, You're talking behind. about the DLC in the original, in the yeah. original game. No, yeah, the... yeah I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, uh, I think that game introduced um, the idea that Ellie had a, a relationship with a, a female friend. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this isn't out of nowhere. 
and we are obviously talking about the fact that um, <clears throat> there is a kiss in the trailer between mm-hmm. Ellie and uh, uh, we don't know who she is. Another lady. And yeah, another character who I'm sure will be introduced to in the uh, in the actual game. Yeah, but it's, this is quite, you know, you don't see this in games. <laughs> in mainstream games, you don't see it in mainstream films very often. So it's uh, not often, no. It's Sony just going, well, a naughty dog just going, hey, what of it? Get over well, it. Just, we'll, we'll see if it, if we'll see. I mean, obviously it's there and you, no one can ignore it now, but um, I'm, well, again, it's one of those kind of wait and see things. Like I want to know, okay, you've, you've shown us this. Now what are you going to do with it, naughty dog? So I'm kind of waiting to see how they handle that going forward. If that's just going to be an uh, ongoing relationship in the rest of the, game or if that's just gonna be a one-time thing or if it's gonna be like a revenge story i'm still still not enough info to really make a judgment call about what we're seeing here but it is interesting it does have me intrigued well hopefully it will just you know be part of the story and not commented on or anything and just you know just be there just like it Mm -hmm. should be Mm -hmm. the only question is if they did kill off that character, that that's would be, true. that would cause a bit of an issue because that's a bit of a um, a. I I think there's people describe a trope as kill your gaze, or so, and they say that. Um, oh, I understood. Okay, I got gotcha. There's there's often a if there's like a same sex relationship, it often ends with someone in tragedy. With someone dying and saying, yeah. like, "No, man, that sucks. Don't yeah. do that." But yeah, so, more. <laughs> obviously there are some people who are who are upset about this because <laughs> there always are, and there <laughs> there are also some people who are always like no 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 no, it's it's not gay, it isn't. It's friends that they were. I did honestly. Someone shared like a screenshot of someone. I'm sure it's just a friendship kiss. And it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I think there's tongue involved, to be honest. It's, it's, it, it, at least if we're getting really technical, then yeah. But anyways, it's it was something that they've hinted at already in, like you said, in the first game. So it's not like this did not surprise, you know, that scene did not surprise me at all. And regardless of sexual orientation or anything, I like Ellie as a character. So... Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm really happy to see her being the kind of the new main character here, and it's a, in terms of a premise for a sweet sequel, having Joel be that main character in the original game, and then making a sequel of this at all, and having the ward or the side character that was primarily the reason why, you know, the person you were guarding in the first game be the new main character, that's a smart move. Mm-hmm. It shows how much that character's developed over the course of that original game so that way you can see you have a ex- chance to see the character grow even more i did find like some of the action it does look pretty grim uh, i know that's deliberate yeah. but i'm i am sort of in i'm unsure yet whether it'd be like this is too grim i don't want to do this or whether it's yeah that's kind of the reason why I've, I've had trouble getting into The Last of Us and, you know, playing the original game is because, again, like, you might need, like, you might need to be in the right mood or have a strong stomach to get through something like that. Because um, I remember after seeing, like, the first 10, 15 minutes and that first really hectic um, 
traumatic uh, first couple minutes where you see Joel's life go to hell. It's like, Mm -hmm. man, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure I can handle anymore. If this is just how the story begins. But yeah, Last of Us, Last of Us looks like a solid, solid sequel so far. Again, we've only had a little bit, seen a little bit of gameplay, but the fact that they had gameplay included in the trailer is a good sign. And um, again, love Ellie as a character, really looking forward to see a game focused around her and her further development as a person, as a young woman. Um, And yeah, um, A plus, A plus. Yeah, I don't think Naughty Dog could really put a foot wrong, really, can they? <laughs> <laughs> and another game that I, I mean, we love Naughty Dog, but there's a game that I remember came out in the E3, or at least a trailer came out last year's E3, that we were already really excited for. And um, they also released a new trailer as well in the uh, press conference, but also a demo, which is now on YouTube that uh, people can view. And that is of Marvel's Spider-Man. Yeah, um, I'm really liking this one, like, because I remember seeing the gameplay demo last year and being like, oh, this is really impressive, but this looks like a story event, like, it can look as impressive as it wants right now, but what, the meat of whatever I want to see in a Spider-Man game is, okay, what's the city look like? What does New York look like? How does, you know, Spider-Man move through New York? Because way back when, when I grew up playing uh, Spider-Man games growing up, I remember the there was a particular game that seemed to really master the idea of, you know, having Spider-Man and swinging through New York, even though it wasn't perfect, it was mind blowing at the time in terms of just really capturing the feel of being Spider-Man swinging through the city, stopping criminals, you know, carjacking and, you know, just, you know, taking out people who just robbed random banks and all that stuff. This feels like coming back and giving that a shiny new paint of, Paint a, a new fresh coat of paint and maybe even a few surprises along the way in terms of the fact that, oh, it looks like there's a actual intriguing Spider-Man story happening possibly. And the fact that the combat looks really fun. <laughs> yeah. That, that's another part of the appeal is it's sort of like a different take on the characters and everything. Like, like when they, the, um, like the telltale version of, uh, Batman or whatever. Oh, that one, yeah, I love that. You, you get another another fresh take on the characters and the world and everything that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And they can sort of do their own thing because they're not tied to the Marvel movies or any other games or, yeah. or, or the comic books even. you know, they, they can just go their own direction a bit, take a bit from here, take a bit from there. Do yeah, the, um, the, the game I was mentioning before was like that, in a way. Mm-hmm. Was that, I think, I think I've heard people talk about, that. I think there being one really good Spider-Man game, and it was, I think it was, might have been the one that was based on the second, like, movie, the original. That's what I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about, it's the Spider-Man 2, it was the game, it was the movie tie-in game to uh, the, the um, at the um, time, Spider-Man yeah. 2. Uh, movie like one of the first Spider-Man movies that really was really successful um, and no yeah that, that game got the web swinging like down pat it had a fun scenario where you could just you could do story missions or you could just you know 
futz around and run around New York as Spider-Man, climb to the top of the Empire State Building, jump off, and just do a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, I get a lot of that vibe from this one, too. I mean, even that one, for sure, even though it was a movie tie-in, and there were definitely some moments where you just like, oh, this was in the movie. They had to do this because this was in the movie. Um, there are even some stuff that they didn't have to do. Like, I remember, I don't ever remember Black Cat uh, being in the um, the Spider-Man 2 movie, but she was in the game hmm. because someone ha- thought it would be a good idea. Like, you know what? Let's make the, even though this is a movie tie-in, let's make it slightly different from the movie. Hmm. And it did it to great effect. And I'm getting that, again, similar vibes with this one and the fact that they've improved the combat a lot and make it look a lot more fluid and just... <laughs> I love this is like the because I know a lot of people have compared this to um, I believe it's Rocksteady's uh, Arkham Asylum or mm-hmm. Batman games. Yeah, and I can understand. I can definitely see the compa- where they're making the comparison, but even so, there's still a lot of like difference between like say how a character like Batman moves versus someone how like Spider Man moves. And I love how they've kind of gotten that like you know almost like gymnast level like of animation in terms of how he flips and jumps and like springs into a a thug's face and grabs them with his legs and throws them down and then lays down a web shooter and then just traps them in a web. It's just, it's, it's smooth. It's very smooth. Yeah. This, this should be awesome. I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) Really not much, much else to say about that. I mean, I did want to ask, um, what did you think of the kind of like the story trailer that they had at the promotion where he's at the, um, the prison and all of the villain, his like iconic villains are like escaping. And then there's supposed to be this like big revelation at the end. Like, what do you think, what do you think's going on there? I don't know. I can't quite remember how it ends. <laughs> to be honest. I just remember. Not good for Spider-Man. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I remember him fighting lots of bad guys. And uh, also I remember there was a crashing helicopter. Yes, and, there was. And I just remembered that at last year's E3, there was a little teaser that Miles Morales is going to be in the game as well. So, Perfect, yes. So, need, more, need more Miles. So, there, I don't know, perhaps at some point in the game, he's, Peter Parker's going to get incapacitated and you're going to play as Miles for a bit. I don't know. That's a smart decision, considering the fact that um, Miles is getting a film later this year. And, I was going to um, say, perhaps they didn't know, but it's Sony, so perhaps they did. It's it's possible. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because this game, uh, this Spider-Man game is supposed to be being released later this year, correct? Is that, yes. that's, yeah. So, that can't be a coincidence, the fact that this game's coming out at some point this year, probably a little bit later in the year, and um, then we're supposed to be expecting the um, Into the Spider-Verse um, by December, around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that's a coincidence, really. I think so, someone's got something going on, or at least there's a good communication between um, Insomniac and uh, Sony to make sure, like, okay, we want to... This will whet the appetite for everyone for more Spider-Man this year. Insomniac, they made... What they, uh, Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Just something... Oh, did... Did they make... Way back, did they make the original Spyro? They that, did. They For the first three Spyro games. Oh, okay. That's because I didn't really play Ratchet and Clank, uh, but I did play. And that's even getting a remake, isn't it? Because I um I thought I saw. I think I'm not sure if it was at E3 or some other other point that there was an announcement made that they were actually remaking the first three Spyro games as well. Yes, which I am much more excited about than the <laughs> the Crash Bandicoot. 
remake. Cause yeah, I, you know what? I agree with you there. I've always been more of a Spyro fan, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how those look. And I think so far the games, some of the trailers and gameplay videos look really good. I enjoyed Crash Bandicoot back in the day, but I kind of feel like you only had to play Crash Bandicoot games when you didn't have a Mario game to play. And it's like, <laughs> well, now, now you get a proper one, so you don't need to. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I mean like they even had their Crash Team Racing that was perfectly fun. But, you know, it, there's Mario Kart. If you've got Mario Kart. So I, I feel like when, they, when they're bringing out Crash Bandicoot on switch now it's like you don't need it there's a real game there's a real mario game <laughs> um, yeah but, no, i know i get that and this is i've just i've just been going on about how much i love naughty dog and naughty dog made these games back in the day uh, but yeah the last time i played a bit of crash bandicoot actually there's a hidden hidden bit in uh uncharted 4 Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Where, uh, we... Oh yeah, I think I've seen this. You actually play like the classic Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. <laughs> I, in like, what was that like? It was fine, and uh, it made me go, <laughs> "Yeah, games definitely improved a lot." <laughs> yeah, I think well, Naughty Dog as a studio has evolved a lot mm. over the years, and I like the direction that they've been going. Um, it's not a perfect studio because I don't think any studio is perfect, but it's at least in terms of what stuff they've been able to make, they've been made making a lot of good things. So that's that's a point in their favor. <laughs> they seem to have got this down to a certain degree. I remember in Spyro, you ha- you could chase around like little um little creatures, sheep, yeah. little sheep. Yeah, it was. Yes, you had to you you had to get the, this was the confusing part. You had to get the sheep. You had to beat up the sheep. They become butterflies, and then your dragonfly eats the butterflies. Yeah, I was just did I? I was thinking, did I turn into butterflies, or am I just completely gone crazy? No, no. Maybe. Well, that, that's just kind of the crazy that was inherent in the original Spyro. It's okay. Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 good to see that make a comeback, and um, especially with the Spider-Man game, it seems to be doing a lot more things right than I was originally sure of. Because again, they only showed uh, like an enclosed space or relatively enclosed space of um of this one chase scene of a, like a story event in the uh, in the game originally so I'm like hmm that doesn't look like a lot I'm not sure how much you're allowed to like free like swing through the city but now with this demo and um even some more teasing about the story it's looking even stronger so I have a good feeling I'm going to pick this up when it comes out, probably around, just around release time or maybe a little later than that. Depends on how much money I have at the time. <laughs> but uh, I think this will be a worthy investment. I'll be able to finally retire my Spider-Man 2 GameCube copy. <laughs> <laughs> finally retire it, put, put it out to pasture. Put it out to New York, you know, Queens. Send it to a phone. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> Not a bad idea. But, um, okay, so Spider-Man's awesome. Um, another thing that's also awesome and something that we both are very fond of, we like shonen anime. We like classic shonen, shonen stuff. And Believe it. Announcement trailer dropped at E3 that bo- caught both of our interests. Uh, probably, I'm, I'm still, again, there's some tentativeness here with this one because I've seen this kind of concept attempted before, but I'm not sure how solid it is. But there was one moment in the trailer that kind of made me take have a double take, um, and that is Jump Force, which is a fighting game. At least it looks like a fighting game, traditional fighting game or brawler 
um, where we have three or several shonen uh, franchises intersecting worlds. Um, so we have Luffy from One Piece, Naruto from Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, and of course Goku from Dragon Ball Z, all, you know, in the same world at the same time. Things are looking pretty chaotic since it looks like some villains have uh, also come with them. I think the one featured in the trailer is primarily Frieza. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see Naruto, Luffy, and Goku all jump into the fray. And I mean, already the idea of having those three characters in the same room together, trying to, I, 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 I really am really curious to see how these three could hold a conversation, if at all. <laughs> There's been some anime Probably specials. Not. Right, there have been, haven't there? Yeah. So I haven't seen any though, because I don't know if they've ever been translated in any way but they exist <laughs> they do yeah someone because they're all under the shonen banner you know shonen jump banner that of course someone thought be a great idea let's let's have them all in the same you know interact for a few seconds and see what we get um yeah especially having goku and luffy really be in the same that would be a meeting of the minds i'll tell you what um, <laughs> but there was a moment like most of the trailer I was, you know, because again, there's really not too much gameplay from what I saw. It's mostly cinematics. Um, and the trailer I was, I was like, yeah, this seems pretty standard. Like, you know, getting pumped up, we'll have all these characters in the same universe, fighting it out, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that seems fine. And then the last couple seconds of the trailer rolled, and then I kind of lost it because <laughs> it's a certain character who we have spoken about before in a particular episode of the podcast, um, the AFA podcast, uh, a shonen series that was a lot darker. A lot darker. It's about death and notes. <laughs> I death wonder notes. what that could be. Um, uh, why is Light Yagami here? Chris, answer me that. Why is he here? Why? Because uh, he's a bastard. He's, he's probably up to no good. He's the villain. Yeah. He's, he's like the villain behind this whole thing and Goku, Naruto, and Luffy have to team up to stop Light Yagami. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, because I know at the very least, Goku, Luffy, and Naruto are they're, they're people who like to punch things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know this about them. They like to punch things. And Light has a very punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm really hoping if the game will do this, if they'll, if there is a story in this game for him to be the at the main bad guy, the main reason everything's going wrong, and I want those three characters to do one of their super big ultra like finishing attacks and just lay into Light Yagami because he deserves it. <laughs> I would that would be so cathartic for me. My question is, are the are we going to have more characters than we see? In this little teaser, is it going to be? Because uh, there have been quite a few like jump crossover games already. That like there's one came out on PlayStation Four and PlayStation oh, right, Three yeah. that was like Jump All Stars or something, and mm-hmm. and it had it had character like loads of characters from Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, loads of characters from Bleach, mm-hmm. loads of characters from Naruto. I, I guarantee Naruto he goes in here somewhere. And uh, One Piece, obviously, and you know abs- things like I think Saint Seiya might be in it. Is that Shonen oh, Jump? Yes, please. Saint and, characters. And uh, um, like 
uh, I wasn't from Doctor Slump, the character from yeah, Arale, Arale. Yeah, the little um, little android girl is in that, and having having a game that has Light Yagami and Arale in the same space is just kind of mind breaking for me. Because <laughs> if you don't have all those say, those same characters in it, then why would I play this rather than play the other one? That's a fair. That's a fair uh, point because I. I will. That's because, and I mean, it, it seems like they're framing it to have a specific. Like there might be an actual campaign because a lot more fighting games mm. coming out recently have been doing that a lot more. Like um, one of the games that I've had a chance to play recently, like the um, the Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, which has all these different characters from like other um, fighting game franchises that are um, made by the same company. You know, Blaze Blue. Um, under night and birth as well as um the persona 4 arena games and of course and also a lot of people know this that it was the very it's the very first official uh video game that the uh the ruby characters get to participate in and that whole concept they're, they're, they made like a really silly story mode where they had all these characters interacting with each other it was very it, it could be fan servicey at times but i i really enjoyed it so i'm not sure if they're that's what they're trying to go for here for jump force or not but mm. it might be interesting because, like I said, Light Yagami being the villain, everyone's got to punch him. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> I, I, I will. I will. I don't care how expensive it is. I'll buy that. If that's actually something that I'm going to get, then yes, I will. But I don't know that yet, so I'm going to have to hold hold my breath and see what happens. But. Um, I guarantee that we have not seen the end of how many characters that they are probably going to introduce for this. And it's probably mostly going to be DLC. Oh, no. I'm looking at the cover of J-Star's Victory versus Plus, which is the PlayStation 4 game I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see all those characters that I talked about. There's also characters from Fist of the North Star. Oh, yeah. That's a famous uh, one. Rurouni Kenshin. Uh, that guy from... Oh, Gintama, I can see. Gintama, Gintama. I can see. Yeah, there are Saints AR characters. Yes. Hunter by Hunter. Hunter uh, all. Yeah. That, or, that or, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> I've never heard it said out loud. <laughs> Yu Yu Hakusho. <sighs> uh, Bo 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 Bo. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> I recognise him. <laughs> what a mood whiplash! You just said one of my. Literally, my all-time favorite shonen series, followed by the one. Bo 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 bo. bo. That yeah. that what is that? I've never figured it out, and I'd probably never do. It's a gag anime. It's 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 just a gag series, is what it is. It's from what I can understand. Oh, and I think it's also got. Um, there's an anime that's just gone on Netflix called "The Disastrous Life of Someone." He's got pink hair. He's about a psychic teenager. He's in it as well, by the looks of it. I don't... Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I can only imagine what other characters, considering of those games, what might who might make it in here. But um, if we add uh, Yusuke Yurameshi to the uh, already the trifecta of punching that is Luffy, Goku, and Naruto, <laughs> I might lose it. <laughs> I, I, I might officially lose it. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's Jump Force. It's a thing. 
I'm not sure what kind of thing yet, but it's for, for people who are very fond of shonen anime or any of those characters that we've just mentioned. This might be a thing that you might want to keep your eye on, but um, again, we'll have to probably see how... The game's not coming until 2019, so we've got a while to wait and see more uh, stuff get released from uh, Namco Bandai, but we'll see. We shall see if Light Yagami will finally get punched in the face. <laughs> we can hardly hope. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Well, what if it allows you to be the character who punches Light Yagami in the face? Oh, oh it's going to be so good. <laughs> I've sold you on this game. Just... I think you might. Well, no, because the game already had me intrigued when I saw the trailer. I'm like, huh, like, okay, yeah, this looks pretty standard. Like, And then like, Yagami shows up with Ryuk right next. I'm like, Part and I, 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 I'm trying not to swear right now because because I, that's why when I basically saw this trailer, I basically went, "You fucker! <laughs> why are you here? Why are you here?" I've noticed this. Like the gummy makes you swear like a sailor. I don't know what's going on. Because <laughs> he's like I mentioned this in the podcast episode Death Note. He's a he's one of those characters I love to hate him. Yeah, I just, it's... I, 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 yeah. I, I guess I'll just don't trust me. He's not the only character that does this to me, and we'll we'll get that when we get into a little bit later in the discussion, and I'll tell you why. But um, let's move something. Let's move on to something that may not may be less triggering. Um, <laughs> and that is, well, I guess in terms of the word trigger, I mean, there's guns involved. There is also mech suits involved. Um, a game that has, again, one of those little those properties that I was a little nervous about when it was first announced last year, I believe. Um, and that is Bioware's Anthem. And one of the things that I remember they were really pushing, and they're still pushing it in this particular presentation, is the fact that while Bioware's been very well known for making games that are uh, have in-depth narratives, one of the things they're really pushing with this particular um, kind of like sci-fi mech shooter game is the fact that it is uh, a game that you can not only, you know, follow the actual plot story, but a game that is, relies a lot on multiplayer and you can experience the story along with other people and maybe tell your own stories as you go through different quests and scenarios. And that's, a, in, in my mind, the, the, the idea is fascinating in terms of the fact of, um, that's a night. That's an interesting idea to try and involve interactive storytelling by saying, "Okay, well, what can you what can you do, or what kind of stories can you make when you're when you're playing with other people?" Because I've experienced something similar when I play games like Journey, where a part of the emotional crux of the story isn't just the like you know you going from place to place, but it's that you're traveling with other people. But I'm not sure about it. I'm like I've heard good things about the demo that came out of E3, but it's still, I'm a little nervous because of the unfortunate thing that Bioware has going for it right now is that it's attached to Electronic Arts or EA. And because of that, they've had a lot of problems with their last couple of uh, games releases. And I'm not sure what potential executive meddling could do to this game. What could corrupt it could make it less than what it's trying to be. And I don't, I just don't like that. <laughs> I, Any, anything to add there? I'm sorry. I need, I'm talking so much. I need to catch my breath. It's okay. I, I just, I saw the, like the cinematic trailer, I think for Anthem 
and it seemed like a, a cool cool world that it was creating and there seemed to be what looks like an Iron Man suit so that was cool uh, I haven't seen any gameplay to be honest and I also am not familiar with Bioware very much I know of I know of what their games are but I haven't really spent very long playing any of them so mm-hmm. I think they sort of passed me by because they they grew popular at a time when I wasn't playing a lot of games I guess and they were primarily an Xbox uh, Xbox games, to be fair. Oh, it was only until yeah. recently that they've started to see... It seems it feels like they're starting to branch out into different platforms, like um, Mass Effect Andromeda was on yeah. PlayStation 4. Um, yeah. Which is nice. It's nice to have the fact that they're releasing games from more than one platform, but at the same time, it's just like, well, that unfortunate title just had a lot of problems with it or it came with a lot of problems because of executive meddling. So it's a wait and see kind of thing. Maybe it might be like, I've, you know, a lot of what I've heard so far is the gameplay is really solid. Like the, the feel of flying around in these suits is pretty, is really, you know, feels really natural. It's just really fun to do. And I like it when a game can just be fun to play, Mm -hmm. but, um, Again, it's a wait and see thing with this in terms of like, okay, I'll I'll wait until I start hearing more people get their hands on it and talk about the specifics about what this game has to offer. And then maybe once I know I can play this with a group of people or at least have an understanding of how the combat is supposed to work in terms of like, okay, how interactive is this world? Then maybe I'll consider investing in it. But until then, I am reserving judgment. Let's see. Any other games that we're really wanting jumping out on us to talk about? Um, let's see. Oh, man. I, I was trying to think of a really good transition, but then I, I lost it because I'm out of breath. <laughs> I'm out of breath. It's not good when the host can't talk. Um, oh, there's one. Um, we're going back to this, the world of Sony here. Um, one game that I was not familiar with, at least I don't remember hearing an announcement for it, uh, but it came up during the Sony press conference and really kind of wowed me with its visuals, was, I forget what the full title is, it's, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is, looks to be like a, it's a melee adventure game where you're playing as a samurai, and Mm. I think it probably, most of the games that I've seen I saw in the presentation, this was easily one of the most beautiful. Oh, yeah. The graphics were amazing on this one. Just uh, you're walking through the grass and everything. Mm -hmm. The the atmosphere and everything. It was very impressive. (laughs) It was. It was. Yeah, just like the animation on the environment and even little things like um, when you first get in your, when you see your first gameplay of engagement of uh, the samurai fighting some uh, Mongol invaders you see like you know him like draw out his sword and then you have like this really tense moment of like you know before the battle starts and then the the attacker makes his first move and then just one slash mm-hmm. and that and then the the enemy is down like i don't know if that was actual gameplay but i really want it to be because that's just that's so quintessential you know samurai storytelling and just you know feel it's like oh like if you want to play a 
if you want to feel what it's like to be a samurai, this seems like the good uh, best game to offer that for you. Mm. So we yeah. still don't have a scope of what the story is about necessarily. Mongolians. Well, th- I guess so. I mean, in, in terms of like who our main character is, who are the support characters? Like, is it the Mongol invasion the only thing that's happening right now? I believe the developers are trying to push the fact that there's they're taking a lot from history, like actual history in terms of like what's going on, but no more than that. There seemed to be some sort of character betraying the main character or something. There mm-hmm. was a, the, a a woman who I it's a while since I watched it. I'm sorry, uh, but right. I, I feel like she used you introduced her, and you're thinking that she's friend or whatever and then in the trailer she basically betrays him and then yeah they, they have a showdown and then yeah. they're kind of like oh guess what well we have other enemies that we have to take care of let's let's fight together and that's I think just about where the trailer ends mm-hmm. but I'm curious I'm definitely interested to see what more we see from this game I'm a little nervous from what I hear that the um, developers have not been very forthcoming in talking about this game other than what they've, you know, they were prepared to talk about at uh, at E3, but still, I'm intrigued, intrigued enough to want to maybe give it a shot. Um, but we'll we'll see how they advertise it when it gets closer to release. Are the developers well known? Hang on, I've just found it. Um... I'm trying to remember what their name was. Um, Sucker Punch Productions. Oh, are they? Didn't they do? Uh, um, did they do Infamous? I believe so. Give me Sucker Punch. Let me hold on. Hold on. Yeah, Sucker Punch creative director. Okay, yep. Yeah, that's Sucker Punch, and they are. Yeah, I believe they were the ones behind the Infamous games. So it's a Western developer. Interesting. Yes. yes. Yeah. I I assumed it was a Japanese developer, or perhaps, he, perhaps in fact it's Mongolians. Perhaps it's not even in Japan, because uh, I don't know that Mongolians ever invaded Japan. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know that about that either. Um, I I would have to get a refresher, but it looks again, it looks interesting. I'm yeah, I, I am curious to see more. So it might be like ancient China. We're we're sorry to the insensitivity if we're completely <laughs> mangling history. <laughs> we are. Well, it's it's we we learn about this stuff in school, and yes, we did learn this in school, but it's been a while since school, so it's just you need a refresher every now and again. No, nope, I never learned anything like that in school. I learned about <laughs> the Tudors and the Stuarts and World War Two and uh, um, ancient well, here's like, the thing: if you learn about it in school, it's very brief. Like yeah. when it's when it's history of other countries, no matter where you live, it's really brief. Like they primarily teach you the history of your own country, but they only talk about the history of other countries if it's like if you're taking a very specific class on it, or if there you just need a, like a guideline. Okay, this was happening in our country while this was also happening in this country. To be fair, we've got quite a lot of history to to be getting on with. Um, <laughs> to be fair, yes. Yeah. To be fair, uh, yes. I remember. I, I went through half of it when I was living in oh, London. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima looks fascinating. Um, looking forward to hearing more in terms of what you'll be able to do and 
what's encompasses this experience, but that just from a taste test, there's a lot here. Mm-hmm. And let me see. Uh, one that's been getting a lot of people talking has been a game from, let me double check in terms of the developer here, because I still, I said, I feel terrible because I need to make sure I remember these guys' names or the company names, but some, whenever I'm put on the spot, I forget. Um, I know it's the same folks who did, who've done the Witcher games. Oh, C- CD Project Red or something That's like that? That's very same. They are releasing a new, uh, type of RPG, uh, don't know when the exact release date's going to be, but um, it looks really good. It's called Cyberpunk 2077, which, if my information's correct, is actually based off a tabletop role-playing, a cyberpunk role-playing game uh, called Cyberpunk 2020. And so far, we've only just been given a real, like, online, there's only been ever really, like, a cinematic trailer, which, again, you can only judge a game so much by the trailer, but it looks to be really pushing this kind of uncomfortable um, vibe in terms of like everyone's trying to make it in this uh, night city and just, you know, it's a typical like cyberpunk kind of like themes of, you know, your body modification, you have cyborgs, you have androids, you have um, a very, a society that, you know, the rich, there's a good separation between rich and the poor, but um some one thing I hear a lot about of E3 or been hearing a lot about of E3 is that the people who have had an opportunity to get their hands on this game because there there was a demo available um, for people who went to E3 and a lot of people who have uh, had a chance to experience this game firsthand have really really dug it. Like there's they've most people I've heard talking about this game nothing but good things to say about how it's very in, immersive. It's got a really good sense of oppression in terms of the fact that the character that you're playing, which is completely customizable, um, is really kind of like you're, you feel like there's a good sense of that, that your character could die at any moment in terms of like, mm-hmm. a, like a good uncomfortable, like, you know, the fact that you're, it's you against the rest of the city. And I like that. I like the fact that they, it gives that, that kind of feeling because with the, that's the kind of thing you would want from a cyberpunk game. If that's what you're, you know, that's your favorite genre. I I think this has been in development for ages because I'm pretty sure that someone wrote. I remember reading an article about it for when when we were writing for a game site. <laughs> ah, yes. I seem to remember someone writing about it when it was first being discussed, and that was, you know quite a few years ago now probably mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably about i don't know maybe four years ago or maybe a little while it's been a while yeah so it, and that's quite a long time for a game to be <laughs> in development um i've i saw the cinematic trailer which is pretty cool and i saw a little bit of gameplay and it, yeah it looks looks like it pretty fun <laughs> i don't know i haven't got a lot to say yeah, it, it's again. It's it's probably one of those still too early to say, but I think the amount of positive feedback coming back from this game is enough that made that's got me really intrigued. Like everyone's, and and I've I've seen bits of uh, the Witcher games and people talking about it and how well how well done those are. Uh, C Project Red seems like a development company that when they really put their all into something, they put out something really great. Like I'm 
definitely eager to see what can come from this. Mm-hmm. Probably this, more so than most other games that we've talked about so far. This is another one of those cases where I there's I think people are particularly excited because of previous games that the developers did. Mm-hmm. And they're, oh, it's a new game from the people behind The Witcher or whatever. And having not played The Witcher or any of The Witcher games, I don't have that excitement myself because I don't have anything to compare it to. <laughs> well, the thing that I like a lot about The Witcher games, at least um, I like how they develop their characters and their story, which is um, I think the, th- the third game is one, hi- one of the most highly regarded games in that franchise. Um due to that reason but then there's also um the fact that they've really kind of narrowed down um how because you know how when um certain games will have interactive dialogue like in terms of how those scenes play out sometimes they'll have it like play out like a natural scene or like say for example in mass effect they'll have like the characters in like a static pose and then they'll you know you're given time to select a prompt to what you want your character to say and then they'll be like very relative limit like limited animations but enough to convince you that the scene is you know the scene is ongoing and it still pull you in um they're called yes i think it was uh who who did the talked about this i think it was um extra frames uh with the uh the extra credits people they were they have like an animation um bit where they talk about video game animation and one of the things that they talked about was um when mass effect andromeda came out was that why that game's animation was really problematic. And one of the things that they broke down was the fact that the conversation system that they had set in place for that game might've been experiencing a lot of bugs or just a lot of problems, which why, which is why it came off as so unnatural. And one of the things that they used as a counterpoint in terms of how a different gaming company goes about that is, uh, was CD project red in terms of how in depth that they've gone through in terms of perfecting that system and making it feel really natural, which is good. And I I like the fact that they go through that extra effort to make their game, something really special. It speaks a lot about the company and the, um, the developers and the fact that I'm really hoping that considering how long this has been in development, I'm looking forward to see if they put just as much uh, effort into this one. But considering how The Witcher 3 was a third-person game versus a first-person game, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be different. <laughs> I thought this was a third-person game from the... I thought I'd seen... Is it? Oh, perhaps I haven't seen anything from it then. <laughs> That's like it's a different game. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I've, I've been looking all over since I started hearing about how um, awesome the demo was to see if anything had been put on published online but a lot of it has been just people talking about it so i'm not sure if any actual gameplay for uh cyberpunk 2077 has actually been published they're probably still working on refining stuff and making sure it's absolutely perfect before they really start putting it out or maybe Uh, they're just not ready to i thought i'd seen a bit of it in the compilation of the stuff from the microsoft uh, conference maybe that was a different game i don't know it's perhaps, perhaps, but I don't, I don't know. I'd like, I've been, I've been actively, I've, like, as I said, I'm really excited for this game. So I've been actively looking to find things, but most of it all is all people's, you know, who it's, you know, YouTubers and other podcasters who have been to E3 and have had, you know, hands-on experience and keep, you know, say it's one of the best like demo experiences that they've ever had at E3. It's wow. it just really fun game. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm hearing good things, good things to say that this is a good game to get your hands on. 
when it does uh, get released. I'll tell you a game I did see quite a bit from mm-hmm. and had me intrigued from okay. a series I enjoy. And that is the latest game in the Assassin's Creed franchise, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, yes. which looks freaking beautiful. It looks <laughs> set in ancient Greece, and it looks rather pretty. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I've been kind of on the outs with Assassin's Creed recently because after Black Flag, I feel like I'd gotten as much as I wanted to. I couldn't really keep up with the story anymore. Um, But still, I like the concept of continuously going and portraying characters in certain periods of history is still appealing. Well, I think what happened with Assassin's Creed is when it first came out, they made the mistake of doing, oh, this is going to be an annual game. This, this, because it, mm-hmm, it was, mm-hmm. it was really, it was really popular the first game when it came out, and then uh, they, they started putting them one out every Christmas, you know, every right, yeah, every holiday season for the big gifting period, and they weren't because they weren't, you know, coming out every year. They weren't necessarily like differentiating themselves from each other. There weren't, there wasn't enough moving forward um Mm -hmm. and i i think they sort of hit a wall with the uh uh, i can't remember what it's called but the one that's set in um uh revolutionary france and uh um oh um no i know which one you're talking about but i can't the game's not coming to me yeah there were there were so many hilarious bugs in that game it was it was i think it was the first one that came out on playstation 4 and xbox one it was the first right the first uh, the current generation mm-hmm. of consoles that it was the mm-hmm. first Assassin's Creed game and it was broken when it came out and it everyone, was very broken everyone made fun of it and I think that's sort of when they hit a wall and went right we're not get, we're gonna we're gonna take a step back <laughs> we're gonna um we're gonna think about it for a bit and we're not gonna bring them out so regularly and then uh it was quite a while before um I think Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I think was the next one, which is the yeah, Syndicate, Vic- yeah. The Victorian London one, which I had to have because I <laughs> I still need to play that for goodness sake. Because you're being in Victorian London, you're basically being a cockney running around on the roof. It's awesome. Um yeah, i I think I I actually wrote an article years ago. Where should Assassin's Creed go next? And uh, one of the ones I did was Victorian London, so I was very. And, happy and then about. it went there, and then and it, it went, went there. there. So lots of the people, I don't think I have to. I'm going to have to dig out that article and see how anything else that I chose if it's actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, yeah, but this I will say, since I think they've got they've uh, Ubisoft has kind of changed the game up in mm. terms of how often they release these things. It does. I think there's definitely been some improvements. I hear um, the one that was set in ancient Egypt, a time period that I know I really mm. want to explore, uh, but I haven't had a chance to pick up the game yet, um, was really good. Mm-hmm. Which, that, that intrigues me. But even more than I enjoy ancient Egypt, I adore anything from ancient Greece. I remember growing up listening to, you know, learning about the different Greek myths and tales and just eating them up. So the fact that we now have an Assassin's Creed game that's going to be taking place in probably one of my favorite uh, periods of history uh, where all these myths and stories that I loved growing up are, were born from. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 
um, I might, they might be winning me back here <laughs> after those, after those first, after those couple of, uh, you know, groaners, I think I'm finally coming, I might be coming back to Assassin's Creed, but I'll see, especially, especially since they're letting you choose the gender of your character in this game. Yep. And, uh, and a guy or a girl. And they're apparently they're describing it basically, they're saying it's an RPG now and there's lots more. They are. Out- there's lots more elements of like story and there's I they in the footage I saw there was like um there was like conversation pieces where you choose you know you choose the answer like we were talking about just there yeah conversation system yeah and uh there's people have been excited the fact that there's um there's going to be the chance to romance people in this one oh my the gender of your choice as well Oh um, my! Which, of course, um, the you know the the lovely people of the internet, some of them, the gamers, really reacted well to that, and uh, some of them had a go saying that was that was historically inaccurate. For oh, I, yeah, I think I heard about this. And they said no, that wouldn't have happened in ancient Greece because they were they were a strict Christian society. What in Who ancient cares? Greece? Ancient Greece, the time several years before the birth of Christ, was a strict Christian society. I didn't know that. Well, not, not even like, even if you could make the argument that, okay, yeah, maybe the game might be taking a few liberties with history here. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's a video game. It Who is. Who cares? It's also got, I don't, I assume they're still doing that. It's people going back in a machine. To, yeah to the memories of people so even yeah it's unless they've dumped that but still yeah that's the part i'm not sure of because i think mm. with the um especially with um black flag was the last uh assassin's creed game that i played it was very loose in terms of how because i remember because i played assassin's creed 3 prior to that and i'm like well okay they've had this big plot element where the quote-unquote protagonist character who was learning about the assassin society and was the character that we were using to go back in the genetic material of all these different assassin like families etc he died in the third game oh spoilers yeah sorry that's right really not much of a spoilers because you really in hindsight you care more about the uh characters in the past than you do characters in um in in the the present day i have never given a single stuff about any of the the future bits. I'm like, oh, what are these doing here? Just get into the ancient wherever. Exactly. See, you proved my point right there. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering if there may, because of the fact that that was so bland and they made that decision, like I really wonder if they are just kind of uh, passing up on that particular aspect and just keeping it, the you know, more of the traditional history bits. But still, there was always that whole ongoing conspiracy between the Templars and, like, the Assassins and how that's gotten more confused as things go on and the fact that there's supposedly this even more ancient civilization that made all these, like, super powerful artifacts, like the Apple, etc. So that part of it, like, I remember initially being very intrigued, like, especially by, you know, Assassin's Creed 2, that there was that big hook at the end, which really fascinated me. But ever since then, it feels like that particular story has been, like, really fumbling because the fact that I don't think that they've been able to decide between whether or not they want to really make that be, like, the main story or have the characters 
in the past that we play as be like the main focus. So hard to say where it's going to go, but again, in terms of just the gameplay standpoint and the fact that we get to explore ancient Greece and you can, it's more of an RPG. It looks probably like it might be the game that might pull me back to uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise, but I'm not sure. Again, I, I, I feel like I'm saying that a lot. <laughs> with a lot of these games. So I'm, I'm like, I want to be happy. I want to be excited to play, to buy and play these games, but there's just something about the way the presentation has been this year that has seemed a little off. And I, I don't think I'm the only person who's saying, who, who's saying this about E3, but uh, this year, but it's just like, want to be excited, but not quite there yet. Like it feels like either they're holding too much back or they're being very, very careful in terms of the fact of what they show, because for they're most likely, you know, showing us some very incomplete products, but just uh, like a certain amount of what they have finished, which is good. What you, what you should do, you should show off what you have, you know, if you've, if you've got something to really show off, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if people need to know, like, as we discussed earlier, like we have to see exact, we have to see more in order to know how much, if we want to buy it, because games are not cheap mm. and systems are also not cheap. No, they are not. Yeah, you probably just need to see some more of these games, and then you're better to make your mind up and re- maybe read up some more and stuff. And but I will tell you a game that there is absolutely no question that I am going to be purchasing when it does come out. And unfortunately, uh, it looks like it got a slight delay in terms of when it will be released. But there's a game that I know for a fact that there is no question. You know, release it when you can. You already have my money. Um, and that is of a particular... I wonder fan. where this is going. <laughs> you know where this is going. You know exactly where this is going. Begins with a K and ends in a hearts. Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh my god. Alright, I'm gonna try to... I'm gonna do my best to dial, dial myself back here because... I am, and if you've, if you've heard, listened to some of our previous video game discussions on the podcast, then you know for a full fact that I am a diehard Kingdom Hearts fan. And I will admit, this is more on the Disney side than anything else. While I am, I have enjoyed Final Fantasy games for what they are. And, you know, this, you know, Kingdom Hearts is like a perfect blend between what's good about Final Fantasy and what's good about Disney. But um, one of the big hooks that uh, Kingdom Hearts has had the chance to have with E3 is the fact that they get to, this is where they announce all the big new Disney properties and worlds that you'll get to explore. And they had um, at least two pretty big ones in E3. There was the announcement that Frozen is definitely going to be a world that's happening. That does not surprise me at all. (laughs) At all, because it's such a popular movie. Um, but then one that did surprise me was the fact that we're actually going back to the world of Pirates of the Caribbean, which was a world that was previously explored in one of the earlier games, which I will say looks a lot better than it ever had or ever did (laughs) really. Um, I really don't have too much else to offer other than the fact that, yeah, it looks great. They keep giving us new stuff to get excited about if you're a Disney fan. Um, even the fact that if you're new to this franchise and have ever been curious about it, they made the mammoth decision to basically say, okay, you want to play all these games in one go? Here, have a bundle package which has every single Kingdom Hearts game ever, ever made in one system. 
I'm not convinced these games are real. Yeah. I I just think maybe everyone's just having a having a laugh, having a joke <laughs> at me because it seems too mental. I mean, well, it is mental. I, I'm going to be honest here. This is coming from someone who loves this thing, you know, life or death, no matter what. Um, yeah, it is mental. It is very mental. <laughs> but that's part of the reason why I like it. It's just here's Final Fantasy, and here's Disney, and let's just mash it all up together. Like, that's part of the beauty of it is the fact that it's just. Like I said, it takes what's good about Final Fantasy and what's enjoyable about Disney and basically just smushes them together. And yes, I will, I will, I've said numerous times, and I know many Kingdom Hearts fans will tell you the same thing. The story is confusing because the creator, Tetsuya Nomura, will have you think that he's had this all planned out from the beginning. <laughs> he hasn't. He really hasn't. This is basically just him kind of flying by the seat of his pants um, and just making things up and uh, trying to combine new elements and new characters and as things go and supposedly should all get at least a mostly satisfying conclusion by this third installment. But still it's just like, you know, he's, it is hard to keep track of, but it is possible. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm trying not to defend it too hard because of the fact that I know that I'm a very, this is from a, from a very biased I'm not asking you to defend it. I'm just saying it's crazy. That's all. No, you're right. It's 100% right. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just <laughs> saying that it's, it's, it's so weird. And yeah. I, I watched, I've watched the trailers and it, it looks gorgeous. Um, it does. It really all, does. All the, um, like the anime things mixed up with the Disney things that shouldn't work at all. But it looks really pretty and good. I know. And uh, the when the Pirates of the Caribbean thing, it's even weirder because on one side you've got like the the anime looking characters, and then you've got the Disney looking characters, and then you've got real people. <laughs> yes, yeah, like a very scary, accurate look of like um of uh Captain Jack Sparrow as John, you know, Johnny Depp as Captain mm. Jack Sparrow, and um, even all the other actors from the pirates movies like you know they look scary awesome mm. but yeah again you still the fact that the concept that this is a kingdom hearts game you're going to have someone a character that was that's definitely more of a final fantasy style look and then of course you have donald and goofy right alongside him standing next to captain jack sparrow and it shouldn't work you're right it's like a hundred percent that shouldn't work and in, in back in when they first did this world it didn't really like there have been a couple times where kingdom hearts has attempted to kind of bring in those worlds like pirates of the caribbean they even done or they even did uh tron legacy at one point i think in one of their handheld spinoffs mm-hmm. but with the i think it was just with the engine that they had it was not it did not look right at all like most of the other disney properties you could believe because they were you know it was again that that disney style look that kind of brought the whole thing back together. So even when you had Donald, Goofy, and Sora running around in the world, it didn't feel too unnatural. Um, but those worlds did feel really off and to the point where it's just like, okay, I'll just get through this and then move on to the next thing. But but this looks so much better. <laughs> and it's also got Wreck-It Ralph and yep. it's got some Pixar work. It's got Toy Story and Monsters, Inc., right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And uh, Big Hero 6 is also confirmed to be a world. Um, yeah, they're there, but they haven't really had a chance to show off a lot of stuff from that yet. 
Tell you uh, what, so- if, if they have Moana <laughs> in it, I'm buying it. That's the deal. <laughs> Who knows? Well, one of the <laughs> things that they, they, they do with uh, Kingdom Hearts games when they want to include certain Disney characters but can't because the fact that they didn't have enough time mm. to design an entire world around it was they'll include certain characters to have as these like summons, mm. uh, kind of like you would have summons in Final Fantasy, where um, they've confirmed in these past couple trailers the um, Ariel, who has been a character in previous games, she's going to be a summon. Samba's a summon. Wreck-It Ralph is supposed to be a summon. Uh-huh. Um, there's supposed to be a mini game with Remy the Rat, um, <laughs> Ratatouille. And um, so Moana could feasibly, considering, I mean, I know it's a relatively recent film, but so was Wreck-It Ralph. Mm. So, I mean, it is feasible that they could probably find a way to squeeze Moana in there. And from the sound of things, there are still tons of surprises and world announcements that have yet to be made. So I have no idea what's around the corner for this game, but I will say, and I've meant, I think didn't done an article about this as well. I am very impressed in terms of how much more in depth they are designing these worlds. And I think the fact that they have these two Pixar properties and they have people from Pixar working on it with the, um, the kingdom hearts team speaks a lot to the, um, the terms of the quality of what we're going to get. And <laughs> I mean, I saw the demo um, for they had this special event where they actually had um, showed uh, showed off gameplay of the Toy Story world. And so it's like, even though I know Woody and Buzz are not played by um, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks in this game, whoever they got nailed both actors in my mind. Like, I really just like it felt like I was in like interacting or looking like I was going to be able to interact with these characters. I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) that is awesome. I, the thing is, though, if you're like me and you haven't played any of these games, it sounds like, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that they're doing the free pack or whatever is a good place to start. But that's quite, I'm imagining that's going to be quite an expensive entry point. <laughs> Cause yeah, that's fair, but it's, I'll, 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 I'll tell you this, it's less expensive than having to buy not just the games themselves at release, mm. but also... The, whatever system that they happen to be working on like um yeah okay. several of those games like um birth by sleep which was one of my personal favorites uh to play was not originally for the playstation 2 like many of the other games had been it was for the piece playstation portable oh, okay. i had to get a playstation portable to play that game <laughs> and i'll tell you what i never played another game on the playstation portable i tried to <laughs> But I didn't because it was really bad experience. And I tell you, even as a Kingdom Hearts, you know, fan, Birth by Sleep was a pain in the butt because the fact that you have, if you've seen a PSP, you know what I'm talking about. Like they have these little nubby controllers. So when you have to do like an action dodge roll, like out of the way of an oncoming enemy and you can't flick it fast enough, like you're just setting yourself up to fail. And there were quite a few characters or boss fights in those Kingdom Hearts games that are may or may not tear your hair out depending on what difficulty you play on. But it's just like, it it almost sounds like it feels like the system is is working against you in a way. But yeah, no, it's Kingdom Hearts. I'm, I'm excited. And if you're really, (laughs) (laughs) yes, really. And just to, just to clarify for some people who might be seeing memes going around after, um, a lot of these E3 announcements of Kingdom Hearts fans it's like saying the words words like Aqua is in trouble or someone's been norted. Like, you know, 
Like, Chad, let me ask: Have you have you have you heard anything about that? Have you seen any of those memes, Chris? Nope, I don't think so. Or, okay. Or I did, and I just didn't take any of them in because I didn't understand what they're going on about. That that's fair. Um, well, I'll I'll just give a really quick thing. Like, being norted means you're possessed by the main bad guy, so oh, okay. that's a bad thing. And then Aqua is apparently one of like the fandom's favorite characters. So the fact that she has been trapped in a hell dimension for well over a decade, people are ready to get her out of there. So just like that's that's the shortest summary I can give. Well done. But there it is. All right, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I also did see the the new trailer for a game that we've discussed in quite some depth in our previous podcast so i won't go into it too much but the rise of the tomb raider new trailer is also awesome and you get to see a bit more of the storyline and uh, looks like there's some sort of day of the dead sort of imagery in there and uh, right and there's uh, obviously an eclipse is going to be a big part of the story so like the uh, part of the logo now Mm -hmm. in the o and I think it looks like um, the costume she's wearing is sort of like a, a, an update of the classic green green top mm-hmm. that she wore back in the pointy days. <laughs> so, so I'm yeah, obviously, obviously I'm excited about Tomb Raider. I'm excited about that too because those games are really they've they've really impressed me. And there's going to be a Resident Evil 2 remake, which is another one of my games from back in the day that was impactful. (laughs) That trailer really, really shocked me. Like, I originally, I mean, I think that surprised a lot of people. Like, we had no idea what this was. And then that the logo, or no, it wasn't the logo that came up. It was a particular character Mm. that was uh, well known from the second game, like, steps in and then the conference just kind of blew up because everyone was like, hey, we know who that is. And like, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I think I do. And then Resident <laughs> Evil shows up and like, oh, it's Resident Evil. Okay. First, I thought it was like some kind of rat simulator because at first, like, it looks like you're from the perspective of a rat running around in this room. Like, is this a rat game? <laughs> it's like, no, it's Resident Evil. And the other thing I just wanted to mention was the in the Sony conference, they had like all these little um like in between clips they had these little like vignettes things, like little acted out things. And they were all produced in, in the game Dream or I don't know if you call it a game, Dreams. The that Media Molecule make make oh, that's I like what you're talking about. That's like a um basically you create things in it and you can create animations and games and things like in the in the software mm-hmm. and share it and stuff and it looks like it's going to be really interesting yeah from an animation point of view obviously yep yep that's what we're here mm-hmm. that's what we love and i will say the reason why we haven't really been talking too much about uh the animation in this because it's really we've only seen a portion of the animation but at least mm-hmm. i i like to say with with this particular presentation with a lot of games that we've been talking about they do look they all look really, really good in terms of the animation quality, regardless of whether it's something like that has to do a multiple uh, multitude of different styles, like um, like Kingdom Hearts three, or something that's just yeah, you know, make sure the environment's really beautifully rendered, like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, like, and of course, then the wonderful 
character, you know, character acting and acting animation that is in um, or motion capture that is in games like the, the Naughty Dog games, like uh, Last of Us Two. Mm-hmm. It's games are, and I'm not sure if it's just the, in terms of the better um, technology, but they're they're continuing to look better and better every year. And the new Hideo Kojima game, the last, uh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding. We watched another trailer for that, and I, I feel like I know less about what it's what it's about now than I did before. It's it's Hideo Kojima. That's all I can say. But yeah, I it's it's it looks trippy. It, it looks very trippy. It does, and it it's got some more actors in it famous people the French actress Leah Sidhu and somebody who I looked up there's some there was an actress's name and I was like I don't know who that is and I looked up and she's actually an older actress she was mm-hmm. in, in um the boy in it woman or something but she's obviously because of the magic of motion capture she's playing a much younger character oh um, so huh. she's, play, she's playing like a, a younger version of like you know I guess the character's probably based on what she looked like when she was in the things in the 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was maybe when Hideo Kojima saw her, we were like, oh, I like her. Yeah, he's he's such a movie nut. So it's yeah. just like, it's it's with all these different actors and movie references that have been coming with this game, like none of it surprises me in the least because I know this this developer to a, de- to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's really... really uh, a thing you can do to fully comprehend the entity mm. that is Hideo Kojima, but <laughs> nope. at the very least, like it's it's this is going to be a very unique game. It's going to be a niche game, I think. I don't think it's going to be a popular blockbuster, like say um, the Metal Gear Solid games were. But it's definitely for the people who know what to or have an idea of what to expect in terms of how strange things are going to be. It does it does seem intriguing. It's very very just. Like it's it's, I really just there's really not much I can say. No, because no one knows what it is. No, no one. For years we've known this game was coming, and in years since then, none of those questions have been answered. No, <laughs> not even when it looks like we might have some actual gameplay in the in the presentation. Like we just have more questions. I think there's some alien things in it. Uh, that's about it. And there's a baby. Uh, yeah, there, there, there are lots of babies in this. Yeah. Don't know why. No, no idea. <laughs> that's really all I can say. I don't know what else to add about that Stranding. It's just, it's trying to be very film referency and strange and different and just need to see more. I, I need I need to know more in order to say yes, Hideo Kojima, I'm on board, or no, I'm in, I like your other games, sir, but I'm not I'm not on board for this one. And I will say, even though as much as I love the Metal Gear Solid franchise, the more I see from this particular game, I'm like, you know what? I think I might ha- I might have to get off the ride here. This might be where I get off. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure if it's going to be good, interesting. Or not, mm-hmm. it's going to kind of go one way or the other, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure yet. I mean, you know, we'll it could, find out. I'm sure we'll find out. I mean, it could be like a colossal car crash of <laughs> it, huge proportion. Oh yeah, because I mean, 
this is if this isn't this technically the first game he's developing by like at least in, in his own team now yeah, since, yeah. Uh, he parted ways with Konami. Yeah. Huh. So this huh. could this could be like his what the hell is this? <laughs> just let him do whatever he wants and yeah, and everyone's just going to be like, what? No one to tell him no. No, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So I really, I unfortunately do not have much else in terms to add with E3 because, again, was not there. Only have was able to keep a tentative uh, pulse on what's been going on and what's been coming out, what's been announced, what I should be looking into. Um, I'm, I'm sure there were tons of indie games that are probably really fascinating and really good animation. I know um, Ori, the new, the Ori sequel. Oh, I did see that. That I haven't. Uh, I'm not an Xbox person, so <laughs> I played that on PC, and that is. Okay. I will tell you, it's a tricky game. I did see that trailer, and it looked very pretty. Ori's um, always been visually impressive, so I am very excited to see that. But other indie games, like I'm sure that are really visually impressive and have really cool like concepts of gameplay that have that are worth exploring, but just I haven't had a chance to really see them or experience them, so I really can't speak about them. But um I will make an aside that if you are curious about like um getting some first hand uh talk about some a lot of really game a lot of games that are worth paying attention to, um there is a podcast of uh really good people that I want to recommend. Um and that's Waypoint Radio Podcast. I'll leave a link in the show notes here. But um they these were a group of people who've had a chance to go and talk and, you know, experience E3. Um, some newcomers, some people who've been there before, and um, I really enjoyed their discussion in terms of what's been going on at E3, certain games that they really enjoyed playing demos of. And uh, just, I'll, I'll go ahead and leave a link in the, um, to those episodes in the show notes. So if you're curious about that firsthand experience, um, you can get that there. But in terms of what we personally recommend, I think that just about is, or is it for me, unless you have anything else to add, Chris? No. Just that uh, um, I did see a tweet that I really identified with during E3. I said, or it basically said, all all this news coming out of E3, and all I really want to know is when is the untitled goat, uh, Goose Simulator coming out? Goose Simulator, yes. Where is that? Yeah, I I want to know when the Goose game, not Simulator, Goose oh, game. Oh, the Goose game. Oh yes. There has been a goose game that we've been very like we've seen trailers for, and we want we want to know when it's coming out. You literally play as like this goose in a garden, and the whole point of the game is to torment this poor gardener as you go around the garden making mischief. And it's it's so cute, it's so charming. It's like uh, the, the cutest stealth game ever because you're like trying to avoid the, but then you just Metal yeah. Gear Goose Garden. Yeah, but you just torment this poor guy. Because you're, you're a bad goose. <laughs> what uh, do you remember? Who um, who was making the game? Like, uh, did we have the name of the developer? I don't think we did last time we talked about House this. House was it or something? Makers of Push Me Pull You is the is a game name of a game they've also worked on. Push Me Pull You is another. Oh game yeah, yeah. I saw I saw that game. It's House House. It is they're called House House. House, house. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Push me, pull you. I've seen that game. There is a in the UK. There is a um, there's a TV show called Dara. Mm-hmm. It's called Go Eight Bit, um, huh. and it is um, it's there's a couple of like uh, games experts and but the and then they have comedians on and they mm-hmm. play 
they play a bunch of games and a lot of them are like retro games that's why it's called 8-bit so they they like each person chooses one of their favorite games ever for example and they compete in it um Mm -hmm. and but they sometimes have uh like some cool indie games in it as well and they had the push me pull you or whatever it is and okay. like like these weird creatures I, I think i showed you the, yeah the, no you did you yeah. did yeah but obviously that doesn't make good radio <laughs> sorry another day another day when the game yeah. actually comes out we'll talk about it again um but yeah i think that just about does it for this uh this game roundtable um lots of it was mixed mixed opinions about this e3 um presentation was a little off at least i didn't really feel the need to stick around for a lot of the presentation since it was just kind of all over the place especially the sony one like i did not know what to make of that but still there are still games that we're we've been excited for that we are still excited very much excited for a few lara for life <laughs> lara for life and spider-man uh spider-man is back and he is awesome and i'm really looking forward to that um again ellie as a main protagonist so for that Kingdom Hearts 3, I've already ranted enough about that, so I'll leave you with that. And just, you know, Anthem and a lot of other games that are just kind of like, I'm excited, but just wait and see. Wait and see. We still need to see more, but um, why is Light Yagami back? Why? (laughs) Triggered! I am triggered. But, um, yeah, so thank you for joining us for this uh, particular episode of the AFA Gaming Podcast. Um, if you want to see any more of our episodes, I will leave the link because we there were still very. This podcast is still relatively young, so we haven't had too many other episodes. But I'll leave links to the previous ones in the show notes, and you can find that on the AFA uh, Animation for Adults website under our podcast tab, as well as our um, podcast feed and on iTunes, podcast.com, and Stitcher. If you would like to continue um, supporting Animation for Adults as well as the um, the website and the podcast separately, um, you can or both at the same time. Uh, please visit our uh, both our coffee page as well as our Patreon page. Um, or if you have any ideas ideas of games you'd like to see covered on this podcast, please send an email to podcasts at animationforadults.com and uh, leave your suggestions. And I'll definitely take a look at those and see what uh, games we can cover. Because I mean. It, um, your mileage may vary with this one as opposed to like say the AFA podcast where if you have a TV show or a movie that you would like us to talk about they were, there's a good chance we might have already seen it but for video games that you know depending on who's you know who has played said video game you might have so your mileage may vary depending on what games I have played or games we've all played versus games we have not played but if you have a recommendation of games that we should look into because of like the well-done animation or something really unique about the story of how it's presented that's worth looking into, definitely like send, send us a shout out because I'd love to. And it's always one of the great things about the video game, video game community is sharing stories about, oh, I had this really good experience with this one video game. Um, you should check it out. And then I'll definitely look into it. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we are just, you know, uh, or follow AFA on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, um, at AFA Blog. We are on Pinterest, as well as Tumblr and Instagram. And uh, Chris, where can we find you on social media? At Mr. Chris Dore on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter mostly at Fail2Ninja. Guys, once again, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the AFA Gaming Podcast. Our, I believe our third episode, our third official episode. We will see you for the next, next time for the next one. I hope you have a great week and a great day. Take care.
up the keys. Own it. All the hours spent putting a new bed together. Own it. The feeling of your first ever home. Own it. Santander has lots of ways to help you get on the ladder, like our 5% deposit mortgages and gifted deposits from family. Own it with Santander. Search Santander Mortgages. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Lending subject to status, terms and conditions. A higher deposit may be required on flats or new build properties.